and welcome our uh, graduates today to this baccalaureate mass uh, for parishioners of St. Joseph. And <clears throat> you guys made it. Not bad. Better do something great, though. Do something great with your life. You get one shot. Don't settle for mediocrity. Do something great. Do something great for the world and for others. And I think we have a very great <clears throat> feast to, to coincide with this. When I was praying uh, over the Feast of the Ascension, I just was bothered. I almost got kind of angry at one point because I had nothing. Nothing was coming to me. Absolutely nothing. And then I, ta- I was talking to somebody, this younger guy, and he's like, I don't know what the big deal with this feast is anyway. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, Jesus just floats away. What are we celebrating? Him leaving us? It is a big deal. This feast is the culmination of everything that's happened since the birth of Jesus. It's the fulfillment of everything. And it's so counterintuitive to us. The reason it's counterintuitive to us is because, I don't know about you, but I've thought this before. Don't you think it would be better if Jesus stayed? Like if he was still here, working miracles, walking on water, floating around. Everybody would be like, yeah, that's him. we got to follow that guy. But he says it himself in the gospel. He says, it's better that I go. Why? Why is it better that he goes? Because when Jesus ascends into heaven, it's not like he's leaving us. He's leaving the external, corporeal, material, physical world. And he's entering into the eternal. And he's not going alone. He's bringing something with him. And the thing he's bringing with him is his human nature, which is our nature. Now this is going to get a little philosophical, a little theological. Stay with me. If Jesus stays here, then the incarnation happened once at one particular place at one particular time. The resurrection happened at one particular place at one particular time. The gift of the Eucharist happened at one particular meal at one particular time. We have no access to it. But if he ascends, if he takes who he is, what he's done, if he takes all of that to the Father, then it becomes an eternal offering. The resurrection is not just one thing. It's forever. (laughs) Start knocking over the Easter candle. The Eucharist is not just one thing that happened. It's an eternal sacrifice. The incarnation, God becoming man, just didn't happen one time. Him becoming man made us become gods. You guys never look excited. It's huge. It's freaking huge. I'll, give you, I'll try to give you a little example of this, okay? Because it's this ongoing thing. The he- letter to the Hebrews, chapter 7, captures it perfectly. It says this, Jesus, because he remains forever in heaven, he's forever in the eternal realm has a priesthood that cannot pass away. Therefore, he is able to save those who approach God through him since he lives forever to make intercession for them. Every offering that Jesus has is an offering to the Father for eternity. So think about this. Okay, let's see how smart you guys are. The sun is a, like a burning ball of heat, right? Okay, good. We know that the earth rotates, right? 
You learned all this? Okay. Because of the rotation of the earth, there are sunrises and sunsets, correct? Okay. Here's the question. When the sun rises, does it start to burn? No. This isn't, I'm not trying to trick you guys. When the sun sets, does the sun go out? No. What's happening is the sun is burning forever. Well, for a really long time. Billions of years. And every once in a while, we on this earth get to partake of its light and its heat. But it's always burning. Just like in this mass, you will partake briefly of the eternal realities of the Eucharistic sacrifice. You, all of you, will be united to heaven because of the ascension. But here's the catch. If we've been given access to these divine realities, we got to use them. They're there waiting for us, but we have to appropriate them in our lives. God, Jesus says, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations. You, go. That word power, when he uses it, it's the Greek word dynamis. Anybody take Greek? <laughs> I did. Dynamis is where we get the English word dynamite. But you can have all the dynamite in the world in a backpack if you never set it off. You just got a bunch of sticks of dynamite that do nothing. You have to light it. You have to ignite it. All of you. The power is there. It just has to be appropriated. I was watching this Civil War documentary because I'm a loser. And I got into it, man. It was, it's long. It's really good, though. You should watch it. But I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know this. Maybe you guys knew this. Maybe you didn't. I don't know what they teach anymore in school. Did you know that the Civil War could have been over in one year? Did you know that? I didn't know that. What happened was, is General George McClellan... And General Robert E. Lee, the North and the South, went to a battle. It was the bloodiest day battle in the Civil War. It was called the Battle of Antietam. And in that, thousands of soldiers were lost. But the North had the upper hand. And they pushed back Lee and his soldiers, so he was pinned against the river. They had 50,000 soldiers in the North. They had 40,000 in the South. And the North had a bunch of reserves coming the next day. And you know what General George McClellan did? Nothing. President Lincoln said, attack, finish them off, and we'll be done with this stupid war. And McClellan stayed for six weeks without doing anything. You know why? Because he was afraid. He was afraid, first of all, that his soldiers' morale was not high enough and they wouldn't be willing to fight for him. And second, he was afraid of the size of Robert E. Lee's army. Fear stopped him from doing what he was supposed to do. And fear will stop you. Fear will stop all of us. Everybody sits back and says, Oh, well, what about the world? It's so powerful. What are we going to do? That's fear. The early church didn't do that. This sounds like the modern church. We overestimate the power of the world. And we underestimate each other and the power of Jesus.
And millions of souls are dying because of it. That war was supposed to end September of 1861. It didn't end until April of 1865. And because of that, 620,000 men died that didn't need to die. We have to start using this power. The access to the heavenly realm is open and available to us. We believe that it's real. We'll take advantage of it. You ever heard the, the, the dichotomy that I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious? Anybody? Just head nods is all I'm looking for this morning. Well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Why don't you come to Mass? I'm spiritual, but not religious. Why aren't you Catholic? Because I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. You know what spiritual is? I mean, we have a beautiful example of it in the gospel today. I love it. The two, every, all the apostles are looking up at the heavens, right? And these two angels are like, hey, what are you doing? Go! Spiritual people sit and look up and they're like, God's nice. Yeah, he's part of my life, but he really doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't send me out. It's just nice thinking that, you know, maybe when I die, I'll go to heaven. But I don't have to change anything. The religious person is like, yeah, God's nice, but holy, I got to get to work. I got to work on myself. I got to work on people around me. I got to go out. I don't know if you guys know this, but when the 12 apostles started the church, by the time of the ascension, 120 people had joined the Catholic church. 120 in 40 days. A week later, 3,000 decided to join. A little over, I don't know, 20, 30 years after all the apostles had died, it is estimated that half a million people were followers of Jesus Christ. At the end of the second century, that number had increased to almost 10 million. Now keep in mind, this is during immense persecution where people died if they became Christian. And at the beginning of the fourth century, all of the pagan temples were converted to Christian churches, and it became the religion of the empire. By the close of the ninth century, there were nearly 100 million Christians, and at the millennium, the second millennium, we were at one billion. That doesn't happen by people saying, yeah, I believe in God, and not doing anything about it. That happens by people going out. And as the church expanded exponentially for hundreds of years, thousands of years, it is now decreasing exponentially. We are losing more than we're gaining. And you know why? I think I know why. I think it's because we forgot our mission. Go out and baptize nations in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we forgot that he is with us until the end of the age. I read a study of over a thousand Christian churches. They were asked, what is the purpose of your parish? 89% of the lay faithful said, the purpose of our parish is to care for our own members. That is not the mission of the church. Well, 11% said the purpose of the parish is to convert the world. Contrast that with the pastors. They asked the same question. 90% of the pastors said our parish is to convert the world. 10% said it's to care for our members. We're all screwed up. 
The priests think the laity know what to do, and the laity think it's all on the priest. I can't get to everybody out there. You can. And it's your job. It's what you promised. If we want to honor Christ and honor what he did for us, then we got to do something about it. Sitting here is not enough. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What is going to be different in your life when you walk out of these doors? How are you going to bring Jesus to other people? I read a speech given by a Navy SEAL talking about the sacrifices of his friends who were soldiers that died. They died defending our country. And this is what he said. The soldiers that fought and died on behalf of all of us, they preserved the opportunity and the privilege to believe, to be, and to become what we want. They preserve our freedom. In this country, every person living inside of its borders, under the banner of its flag, owe these soldiers everything. We owe them respect that their sacrifice deserves. Thank you. It's not enough. If you want to respect and honor the sacrifice, it needs to be more than words. You need to be dedicated to your country, to love your country, and to fight for it. I would say the same thing for us. Thank you. Coming here and saying thank you, that's not enough. You need, if you want to honor it, you need to live it, fight for it, and go out and tell people about it. Jesus has given us access to divine realities, to power, to transform the world as he first did. And if we, want to, if we want to honor that and live it and make it part of our lives, then it has to be something we do every day, not just Sunday. Jesus, on this Feast of the Ascension, you have given us access to this great power to transform the world. And if we want to respect and honor your sacrifice, it needs to be more than words. May our parish always be a family built on love, working for the glory of your kingdom. And may our graduates present today live their faith in the world that awaits them. May they follow you and through their witness transform this world into something beautiful. Protect them from the enemy and help them to daily grow in self-sacrificial love as they witness to your cross and your resurrection. We ask this through Christ our Lord.